Hello and welcome to another edition of Critical Q&A, the show where I answer your questions based on what you've left for me in the comment section of my Q&A videos or have sent to me by email at askchrisshelton at gmail.com. I wanted to put a quick plug in for my critical merchandise that I have not talked about in months. Um, and it seems that shirts and various things with Scientology messages are becoming the rage again on some other people's channels, and so I thought I would plug mine also. Uh, the link is below and has been in every show. I put a link to the Critical Merchandise site, and uh, I don't know, I might get around to making some new designs, but you can always get the Xenu ones and some other things that I put together that are Scientology-related or critical thinking-related, and all of that goes into supporting this channel and supporting me in my efforts to do this, which is the whole point of having put all that together in the first place, was to try to give you guys something back for the support and love that you guys give me. So anyway, go ahead and check those things out. Now, I also wanted to say that this next week is going to be kind of interesting. Um, I am going to be shooting two Q&A episodes for the following week because I'm going to be traveling this week, and I'm going to try to check in on my channel and give you guys maybe a little bit of a vlog type experience on some of what I'll be doing, and uh, we will be getting into that as uh, the details of all of that uh, as it rolls out. And if that doesn't happen to work because of where I am and what I'm doing, then um, then there might not be a video this coming up Thursday. It might be the first time in years that I have actually missed a date, but I'm going to do everything I can to put something there for you and uh, keep you informed of what I'm doing and, and that sort of thing. Um, and anyway, I'm not really sure. I don't I have some big prepared thing on what I wanted to say about all that, just that this week and the following week is going to be kind of interesting. <laughs> but I do have uh, podcasts all done for the time uh, that I'll be gone, and I do have um, uh, content planned. So we'll just see if I'm going to be able to, to pull it off. And you will have another Q&A show that I'll pre-record uh, this weekend for next weekend, so you won't be missing out too much on anything. All right, let's go ahead and get on with your questions now. Katie, because of your previous involvement in Scientology, do you tend now to feel like all religions or faiths are damaging, or do you think that they only have the potential to be? For example, we know there are several cults that seem to be based on Christianity, but in reality are very much in opposition to the actual teachings of Jesus. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm not down with organized religion. I, I just think that it causes more harm than it helps. And I fully recognize that there is a lot of good work that is done with uh, religious charities, religious-based foundations and groups that help people. And I'm, and I'm totally fine with that. I, I got nothing on that. I got no, nothing nasty, critical to say. As you've heard on this show, I don't even try to rag on individual volunteer ministers who go and provide relief or try to do whatever they can and, and at disaster relief sites or for, you know, if, if they engage in charity or anything like that. I'm fine on all that, right? I think all of that can happen without the religion, uh, but I know that for some people they have to feel compelled or, or uh, obligated to do those things because of their religious beliefs and, you know, if that's where they're at, then fine. My problem with with the whole subject and concept of all of this is that people, t the, the way we think and the way we operate, we tie our beliefs into our identity. It becomes part of who we are. And we're not so good 
at separating that out and critically examining our beliefs, our ideas, our opinions, uh, whether it's religious, whether it's political, uh, you know, even whether it's uh, anything that we get partisan or biased about, we, we make it part of us. The, the stronger those beliefs become, the more they become tied into who we see ourselves as being. And I think that's why people take it so personally when you say critical things about their political opinions or about their religious beliefs. And it really shouldn't be that way. Um, and not everybody does this, of course. There's some people who are really good at being able to keep a level head and separate out their passion and their identity from a belief system. But there's some people who just can't. And in fact, there's, they so much can't that they can't even, they don't really understand what I'm even talking about right now when I talk about this concept of identity, right? That their beliefs become who they are and they, they um, evaluate the validity of somebody else's criticism against themselves, against their own identity. In other words, you know, I don't, I don't particularly believe that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. And they take that as though you've personally attacked them because you're, you're attacking part of their identity, right? It's, it's so much a part of who they are that they can't stomach or fathom or have uh, you know, will, or they're not willing to listen to anyone being at all critical of those beliefs. I think that's a shame. I really do. Uh, having come through my own intense belief system, and, and very intense, and I don't, you know, I don't know that I've really talked about that a lot, but you know, I, Scientology was, this. everything I'm saying applies to me when I was a Scientologist. Uh, and, you know, I'm to a to, uh, degree to, 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 to me still in terms of my opinions and ideas. Uh, I'm not, you know, better than anybody else when it comes to this stuff. But I, you know, when I was a Scientologist, that was absolutely who I was. It was, it was in, you know, totally tied into me. And, uh, and that was part, that's actually part of the, you know, why it's so hard to get somebody out of it. Uh, any destructive cult, they, they really, really work it, work you over on that so that it becomes, you know, an intrinsic part of you. It feels like it becomes an intrinsic part of your entire nature. And, and you couldn't even fathom not, not being, you know, a Scientologist. And I know, having experienced that and talked to and studied this stuff for the last couple of years now, and talked to a lot of members of other destructive cults and other faiths, that that I'm not alone in this, right? And I think there's a lot of good to be gotten and a lot of benefit for anyone if they can recognize that, that this thing is too, they're, they're too close to their beliefs. And maybe it would do some good to sort of put a little bit of separation there and sort of examine them a little bit more critically. There's nothing wrong with that because if you do that, and you get the answers to your questions resolved to your satisfaction, then good. You're, you're even stronger in your faith or your beliefs, right? And if you don't, well, good. Then you should have separated out from that because it doesn't really make a lot of sense for you, right? So anyway, the thing that really bothers me the most about religious beliefs specifically and the passion and, and identity that people get involved in with that is you can't prove it at all. You can't prove any of it. 
Now, I can't prove that your beliefs aren't true either, so you don't see me sitting here going, you shouldn't believe those things, and those things are, are awful, and how dare you. Um, but uh, there are supplementary beliefs that people get into as a result of, of their belief in God or Jesus or whatever, or Muhammad, um, that affect their life in the real world, you know, in, in this, you know, real world and affect how they think I should be leading my life, right? When they start dictating their rules and guidelines to me or they want to put that, you know, they want to tear down separation of church and state and uh, tell me how I should live my life based on their beliefs, I, I don't know where that comes from. I have no idea where somebody thinks that that's acceptable or okay or that that's their responsibility or obligation. That's, that's wackadoodle as far as I'm concerned, right? I don't care if you believe in God or if you think that abortions are awful or that you think that, um, you know, that the earth was flooded, you know, 6,000 years ago or something. You, you think anything you want. But I, I, you know, there's, there are, some of those beliefs can be disproven, and when they can, or they can, they can be shown to at least be in doubt, like the fact that the earth was flooded 6,000 years ago. Yeah, I don't think so. There's uh, mountains of evidence that show that young earth creationism is utter nonsense. So that goes beyond a belief. That goes into the territory of we can now show that that's not true. And uh, that thing I was talking about with identity, right? Well, I can show that that's not true, but somebody who's that closely linked into those beliefs can't deal with that kind of evidence. They won't look at it, and that's willful ignorance, and I think that is damaging. I think that is a problem when we get into that problem, the, the religion versus science thing, right? Um, and I think that is problematic, right, for all of us. So that's where I kind of draw the line on what's acceptable and what's not for me is, look, if I can disprove something you're asserting with real world evidence, then you really don't have a lot of business believing it, you know? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I hope that makes <laughs> that all makes sense. It's a little bit of a ramble, but, um, but it's some viewpoints about belief and maybe that's helpful and ask me any other questions you have about that if I wasn't clear about anything. Ioma Vicky, I was wondering, outside of your channel, what do you do for fun? Any hobbies or interests like music, science, arts, etc.? Well, I play with my uh, fiancé's cat, Seven, and uh, I, when he, you know, was willing to come up and, <laughs> and sit here with me, which isn't often. Um, and I uh, read a lot. I uh, don't read as much as I would like. I've got a very long list of, of books to get caught up on. I uh, watch movies um, and, you know, entertainment stuff, and I kind of like a little bit of Broncos football. Um, and I really enjoy writing. I really enjoy uh, learning new things in any way that I can. I love playing pool. I uh, absolutely love that. Not very good, <laughs> but I'm working on it. And uh, bike riding, going out and getting walks, things like that uh, are how I spend, uh, you know, my, my free time. Don't have a ton of that, actually, you know, between posting three times a week on this channel and working on the, the projects and stuff that I work on and, and making a living. That's, that consumes a lot of my time. So uh, that's why I haven't really been able to uh, read as much as I would like. 
and um, and I had to kind of cut out the movie reviews because because um, it's it was taking too much time for too little return. But um, but I do enjoy movies a lot. I'm always always kind of you know getting into that. So those are those are sort of the kind of things I I enjoy doing. And um, I was hoping one day to be able to uh, learn how to play a keyboard. You know because I've written a bunch of songs and I'd love to be able to figure out how to write the music for them. But that's you know, uh, that's that's kind of on the back way back burner right now, kind of in the back 40 uh, while I work on all the other projects I've got going on. Sherry Kyle. In lieu of the explosive exposure to the dark side of Scientology through websites and videos created by former members and the Scientology in the Aftermath series, it appears to me that Scientology is working harder than ever on their public relations efforts i.e. their volunteer minister disaster relief efforts in Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico, enhancing relationships with local police departments, hiring off-duty Clearwater police officers, working with various local police departments on drug awareness programs, etc. It seems they are working harder than ever to create the image of civic-minded, respectable do-gooders in the eyes of the public. Their goal is to have the public believe they are an asset to the community and victims of callous assaults. They are also an organization of tremendous wealth, which might be attractive to communities struggling economically. My question is, how much of an impact do you believe these enhanced public relations efforts will have, and do you believe city officials in Clearwater and elsewhere will turn a blind eye to the scandals in favor of the money they bring to the community? Hey Sherry, thanks for the question. All right. Yes, Scientology is definitely bumping up its ad uh, budget to get uh, ads on YouTube and various places like that. Social media, I see the, you know, Twitter, that kind of thing. Um, in response both to Leah's show and in response to other attacks that, you know, that have, that have come against Scientology, they are definitely trying to counter that with uh, with good works. They're not doing a whole lot of that, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago. There's not anywhere near um, you know, the budget that goes into that as the budget goes into the hate websites and trying to take, you know, all Marty's videos and promoting those and trying to take down Leah. Um, but they are trying. And I think that the reason for those um, efforts at, at trying to salvage some kind of PR, you know, good face um, are, I think there's a few reasons for that. I mean, I think that they are trying to reach some public right, out there who might not have heard of Leah, might not have heard of their show, uh, The Scientology in the Aftermath, right, might not have heard too much about Scientology, although with all of the exposure over the last few years, I think that's a very small number of people. But they might be trying to do that, and I know that there are some Scientologists and Scientology allies who do believe that stuff. Um, I think they're also doing some of that for the IRS, right, as I talked with Jeff this last weekend about um, you know, they have, a, they have a problem because if they are uh, only known in the public sector, in the public world, by Leah's show and by the abuses that have been being exposed about it, then, you know, they're in real, their tax exemption could uh, very easily be revoked if that was how it was thought that that is how the Scientologists, you know, behave. And, uh, and unfortunately, what is being shown in Scientology in the Aftermath and on my channel and other channels, that is how Scientology behaves. So we're not exaggerating or making stuff up, right? Those things, every one of those things that has been on Leah's show, those things happened. And 
more, and if you think that's all that's happened, no, there is a ton of, of other stories, other incidents and things that have occurred. So Scientology's tax exemption becomes threatened by that. And so the effort to get good works known out there becomes an effort to save themselves and save their tax exemption. Um, I don't think it's going to work, by the way, because Scientology's PR and their name value is so toxic, and rightfully so, right, deservedly so, that, um, that it does not, you know, their feeble attempts to show that, you know, they got 20 volunteer ministers in Puerto Rico or that they've sent 60 folks down to Texas, I mean, that's, you know, that's a needle in the haystack. That's, that's nothing. That's a, that's, a, that's a tiny little bit of nothing compared to uh, the overwhelming evidence that Scientology is destructive and is not good for you and is not something that you should ever want to be part of. So I don't think it's going to, and I don't think in the long run that, 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 that those efforts at the current rate that they're being done are going to do anything, you know, real drop in the bucket. And, um, and I think that Scientology is, is truly on its way out. I think it's dead and it doesn't know it yet. And I think that's the current state of the, of the situation there. So that's where I see all that going. Brave bloggers. I've always wondered about the following situation and want to know if you've ever seen or heard of someone using this approach in a committee of evidence or with people when they're in trouble in Scientology. From a never-ends perspective, if a member believes in the tech, it only seems logical this could be a possibility for a parishioner in ethics trouble. If a Scientologist or OT of the appropriate OT level, I think it would be OT3 and above, committed some type of action which could get them in trouble with the church, couldn't they claim it was really my BTs that made me do it? I'm not being facetious. Please correct me if I'm wrong. The idea is essentially you have these conscious and unconscious BTs which are either partly or wholly responsible for some slash all of the bad things you've done or are doing. If a member wanted to stay in the Church of Scientology if they got in trouble, why would they not use this explanation if they honestly believe that they have these BTs on them which are causing pain, negative actions, and bad things to happen in their life? For that matter, why not a pre-clear who could say it was his reactive mind that made him do it? Why would an organization allegedly designed to teach members the techniques to overcome these harmful things kick people out or declare true believers when Scientology allegedly has the only way for the individual to fix what is causing unattractive behavior to the group? If they are invested in their tech-slash-beliefs, why would they not recognize that their own explanations for harmful behavior could explain people doing unacceptable things? Okay, well, I could get into a lot of minutia with this answer in terms of comebs and ethics and, you know, when people get in trouble in Scientology and that sort of thing, but I'll go more basic than that. Um, the bottom line with Scientology ethics is that you are responsible for your own condition. Period. End of story. Always. So you being you, meaning the spiritual being or the Thetan or the entity that is you, and you are capable of overcoming or recognizing and not going to the effect of your BTs or your reactive mind. What you need is a good swift kick in the butt in order to not be what they call dramatizing your BTs or dramatizing your reactive mind. The idea is that the Thetan is always at cause, okay? The Thetan is always the one who's in charge. 
and the BTs and the reactive mind and that sort of thing, you know, sort of prey on the person and feed him, you know, bad data, fake news, wrong information, wrong suggestions, right? This sort of thing. But when the Thetan is aware of what the right moral good thing to do is, once he's been educated on that, there's no excuse to not do the right thing or follow the right path or course of action as dictated by Scientology, you know, morality. So you don't get a pass, right? There is no pass. There is no, oh, it was some other determination that caused you or forced you to do those things. That is reserved, you know, your time for dramatizing and dealing with your case, the things that your BTs and the, the stresses and traumas of yesteryear, that the, the, the place where you get to dramatize that or, or go to the effect of that or show that off is when you're in an auditing session and you're purposefully diving into it and, and stirring it up in order to look at it and, and get rid of it with your auditing, right, with the counseling. Out in life, you're expected to apply self-discipline and, um, and keep your own ethics in. These are the, the phrases that are used in Scientology, right? But basically, the bottom, the bottom line is that point of, of you are responsible all the time for anything that you do. And if your body, you know, went and did something, well, you don't get to say, well, my body did it or, well, my BTs made me do it. You just, the Scientologist just does they just don't buy it. Right? They don't let you off that easy. They don't let you off the hook. They will acknowledge that those things exist. Right? They will say your reactive mind exists for sure. No question about it. <coughs> Excuse me. It is exerting force against you. And I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but I'll, I'll say it again here. Um, there's, a, there's an energy or a force that is exerted against you by your reactive mind, by these pa past painful incidents, right, and, and incidents of trauma. Or there are your BTs that are exerting, you know, some influence on you. But in Scientology, what Hubbard said is that you're, because you're in charge and because you're the one who actually calls the shots and runs your body and does, you know, and, and is the one who's sort of... Uh, you know, at, at, at cause or is self-determined, you can kind of boot yourself or kick yourself in the boots enough, in the butt enough to overcome the energy that is being exerted on you by these, by these extra, you know, curricular entities or, or things. Or you can get some help to overcome it, right? Somebody else can kind of like kick you around and and uh, and sort of snap you into this is yeah this is the other thing is sort of snap you into present time. Uh, if your you know if your attention is in the here and now, and you're focused on what's going on around you, then you're not focused on what's going on in your head. You're not focused on the reactive mind. You're not focused on what the BTs are telling you, and you are able to exert enough self-discipline and control to not have to do what they tell you. And if you give in to that and you do something that you know is wrong, you know you shouldn't be doing, well, then that's on you. So that's kind of the logic of it in Scientology, and that's why nobody gets to ever get away with uh, blaming their case. And in fact, it's a, it's a, it's a um, part of the ethics codes 
uh, in Scientology that you, and certainly in the Sea Org, that you not blame your case or go to the effect of your case is what they call it when you try to use that as an excuse. Susan Winter. I know we're all kind of at the point of enough about Tom Cruise already, but I can't help wondering how Scientology is handling Tom's recent injury while filming Mission Impossible 6. It's been confirmed he broke an ankle and possibly injured his hip. Does he have to have special sex checking or other punishment for his blatant failure to maintain that bone's health? Aren't OTs supposed to be able to keep their bodies whole and healthy? And Teresa Geralds. Here's my question, and some are smart-ass observations. If Tom Cruise is OT8, how is it that he got hurt at all? How do they justify an injury to the great one in the Scientology world? I understand that if something happens, it is turned back on the person as being their fault. They brought it in with something they are hiding, some crime or other nonsense. But what happens when it's Tom Cruise or David Miscavige? Eventually, one of them is going to get old, sick, hurt, and not just drop a body in hiding. Someone is going to notice. All right, so on this thing with the PTS handling, I have talked at length about how it, the focus is turned back on you and eventually it is your fault. However, um, that's when you go all the way with it, okay? Most PTS handlings are not about what a horrible person you are. Most PTS handlings are about finding who the SP is that you're connected to or the SP that has been re-stimulated, right? In other words, who is it in your environment that reminds you of some earlier SP that you knew and handling or disconnecting from that SP element in your life. And that's pretty much game over on the PTS handling. If that can be accomplished, you've been DPTSed. It's only if that doesn't easily work that they might dive into a deeper handling where they're going to start looking for your overts and your harmful actions or transgressions, and they're going to start getting a little curious about what have you been up to. But the PTS handling is mainly a handling of, of finding that SP because the reason you had the accidents or the upset or the problem or you got sick was because of them, right? They, they re-stimulated you. They made a problem. Uh, if for you, and you have to handle that by getting them either out of your life or handling them so they're no longer presenting problems to you and being a problem to you. And that's really the long and short of a PTS handling. Now, um, with the case of you know Tom Cruise breaking his ankle, Tom Cruise is going to get a PTS handling. And if that PTS handling finds you know that there was some guy on set that day who was giving Tom a hard time, which is probably the kind of thing that came up, then, uh, or maybe Leah's show or something like that, right? And somebody mentioned it to Tom or, you know, somehow he was, he was reminded of it because he saw a billboard with Leah's face on it or she won the Emmy and it freaked him out or what, you know, there could have been a thousand different scenarios as to what could have been the SP element in Tom Cruise's life that could have upset and what they call interbulated him, right? You know, got him all riled up that could have thrown him out of present time enough to have him have that accident. Because that's how it's going to be looked at in the world of Scientology. It's not going to be looked at as it's Tom Cruise's fault or Tom Cruise is to blame for what happened. Uh, it's going to be looked at as, you know, some SP got into his vicinity and got him affected and they're going to take him in a session and they're going to deal with that that way. And that would be 
you know, how Tom would be handled on that. Now, if that didn't easily handle it and Tom wasn't happy with that and that didn't really work out, then they might dive deeper and see was it some restimulated SP or was it a false PTS situation? In which case, if it's if what's if it's called a false PTS situation, then that means they're gonna start looking for your evil intentions or your overts or you know what it is that you've been up to that you shouldn't have been. But that's gonna be the last thing they're gonna try to do with Tom Cruise because he's Scientology's poster boy and he's the man. So uh, so nobody's gonna regard him with with suspicion, right? Um, they're going to regard everybody around him with suspicion, and I wouldn't be surprised if it came up that somebody in Tom's entourage who was a Scientologist or somebody in that zone uh, would be sec-checked, right? They'd probably come down on a t like a ton of bricks on anybody around him who was giving him problems, giving him a hard time, not pulling their weight, not, you know, shouldering their responsibility to service Tom and be there for him. Those are the people who are going to be getting under the microscope, right? And, uh, and if they're Sea Org members, you know, out they go, right? So that's, that's how that would be dealt with with Tom. Hey, flash answers time. Barbara Ann. Do you know if any of the atrocities that Scientology has done and that Leah and others like yourself have brought to light are still going on? Are they still abusing children, making women have abortions, etc.? Or have they stopped their evil ways? Uh, no, I think those abuses are still going on in one degree or another. I think that, they, that the efforts of us have reduced the amount of those things. I've heard that the coerced abortions, for example, are not as much of a thing as they used to be. Uh, that doesn't really happen a whole lot anymore. People just kind of get the boot. But... You know, if somebody was valuable enough to the church that they didn't want to get rid of them, I'm sure that they would try to coerce an abortion out of them in order, rather than let them leave. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of in the DNA of Scientology to be the way that it is. When Scientology is no longer that way, and I'm absolutely sure that that's the case, I'll stop making videos, right? Uh, because that's the whole point of this. You know, my, the point of what I do, what Leah does, we're not trying to destroy Scientology. We're just trying to get them to stop being abusive. So... If you still me, see me still making videos or Leah still putting a show out and other critics still talking, then the abuses are still going on. Nibiros21. If I were to enter a Scientology building simply to purchase books, a copy of Dianetics or some of Hubbard's Pulp Fiction, and browse over the glossy rooms, will the people working there attempt to get my contact details or ask that I take a session on the e-meter? I'm not interested in practicing Scientology, just the, just the books, so I can read them and get some laughs. Of course they're going to try to get your contact information. You're walking into a Church of Scientology, which is a money-making scam designed to get your money. So yeah, of course they're going to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and if you are really interested in getting some laughs from Hubbard's books, go to the library. <laughs> Barbara Curry. At the site of disaster relief, do the volunteer ministers have enough sense to get their people out to unburden the first responders? Also, are the ministers, the Sea Org members, or the regular members they are putting in harm's way? I think what you're asking here, I think the answer would be yes, the Scientology volunteer ministers do try to provide relief and aid to the first responders. Uh, in fact, I think that's uh, one of their first targets out there is to try, to try to assist those guys with logistics work or help any way that they can. 
Um, and as far as who are they, yeah, they're Sea Org members and they are regular Scientology public members who go out there and do that work. Lordonia. I'm sorry to bring him up again, but in all the talk about Tom Cruise's disastrous interviews with Oprah and Matt Lauer, what do you think the reactions were from active Scientologists? Did the majority not even know about the incidents, not care, or thought Tom did a great job representing their beliefs? Well, I was in the Sea Org when, when Tom Cruise did both of those things with Oprah and Matt Lauer, and I can tell you that as far as the couch jumping thing, you know, bias is a beautiful thing because it makes people see the same thing and have wholly opposite different reactions to that thing. And when you're pro-Scientology bias, then you look at Tom Cruise jumping around on a couch and you think, what an uptone, in love, happy guy. And when you see him going after Matt Lauer and calling him glib and that he doesn't know the history of psychiatry like Tom does, you think, go Tom, go. You nail this guy. You finally getting it out there on massive major media lines uh, that psychiatry and psych drugs are awful, horrible, bad things. And it's about time somebody actually got on there on, on big time TV and said these things. Yes, that's how Scientologists think about that stuff. Okay, everybody, that's our show for this week. Thanks for coming around. Check out my critical merchandise site. Sign up on Patreon if you like what I'm doing here and you feel entertained, informed, and educated by my answers and by my video content because your guys' support of what I do here is what allows me to keep doing what I do here. Seriously, I cannot even tell you uh, how much time you guys buy me to do research and writing and looking and talking so that I can produce the content I produce. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys giving me that support so that I can do this because it's a lot of fun doing what I do. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.